Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with our chief wrestler, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father hey. Len. Hey, Irish chief wrestler. I uh, I love that. You ready to do some wrestling today? You go for it. All right. So, Father Len, let's revisit the Bible and religion today. Back in episode 9, we talked about what the Bible is and why it matters, and you explained that it's a collection of books filled with sacred stories, stories that give meaning to why we're here and help us understand the purpose of our lives, stories that test our ideas about life and reveal truth from many different angles. You told us the Bible stories span thousands of years. Uh, offering wisdom from generations and generations. And therein lies a problem for many people, particularly the young. They have difficulty imagining how a book filled with stories from thousands of years ago can be relevant to our lives today. So simply put, there is a perception that the Bible and religion based on the Bible is outdated and old-fashioned. What say you, Father Len? Well, my first thought is this line from Koheleth. And Koheleth is uh, this book in the Bible. He's this writer. And he has this line that I really love where he says, nothing is new under the sun. And Koheleth is part of this uh, genre in the Bible called wisdom literature. Wisdom literature, it's not talking about history or the prophets, just what makes for a good life? What doesn't make for a good life? And you have like Proverbs and Proverbs has all these nice little sayings that are happy and sweet. And then you get Koheleth. And I love Koheleth because I always picture him as an older man with like a cigarette hanging out of his lip and a tumbler of vodka. <laughs> In the uh, Bible, a, a guy with a cigarette and a tumbler of vodka. Somehow and, that seems a little contradictory to me. Oh, but... no, not at all. I love it. So Okay. Proverbs is happy and, you know, clear and all this other stuff. Koheleth is this old man who's seen it all. And he critiques everything that was just said in the previous book and critiques it and says, oh, now wait a minute. So really, Proverbs is good for younger people. Koheleth is great for older people. And he's this kind of old man who says, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. I've done it all. There's nothing new under the sun. You have the same sins with different characters. That's the point. You know, there's, there's nothing really that new in humanity. And I, I find that very true. It's the same sins, just different characters. And people always think, well, that finally they're advanced, which is just ego. We're advanced every decade of my life. There's these similar lines in every movie that says, ah, it's the 1970s, we're beyond that. Well, no, we're not. It's the 1980s, we're beyond that, turns out untrue. Uh, listening to people's mistakes and confessions for 30 years of priesthood, I agree with Koheleth. There's really nothing new. It's so the it's same the same old, same old yeah, stuff same. over and over. It's the same problems that people are struggling with, that they make their mistakes on, and... It's the same solutions that get them out. There's nothing new under the sun. Generation after generation, we're always wrestling with the same problems. And 
it's always the need for the same virtues to apply in different situations. So you know that old adage, history repeats itself? That's kind of true. Actually, I'd like to say history doesn't repeat itself. It's more that history rhymes. The Bible is a story that is always challenging. It's always challenging our tribalism, challenging our addictions, challenging our use of money, our sense of justice, our compassion. It even challenges our own sense of religion. That's what Koheleth is doing with Proverbs, challenging our notion of religion. So we still, after generation after generation, have this need for the divine and the virtues that the divine offers in every age. There is nothing new under the sun. So unfortunately, in, every, in this age, now people think, well, we're beyond that. We're so advanced in technology that we don't need that. Well, that's actually called the faith of scientism. It's not science. It's scientism. That all we need is technology. There's no need for poetry or literature. Technology will have all the truth we need. But data is not the same as truth. There are different types of truth. You could know football. Uh, you could know all the plays. But wisdom is when the game calls for one play and when it doesn't. So I'm not anti-science at all, I'm, but I am for wisdom. And I'm not anti-science. The Catholic Church is the one that gave birth to the sciences. We're the mm. ones who created universities to learn about the universe so that we can learn about God. The word is knowable. Or as one scientist I really admire and love, John Lennox said, Catholicism is based a lot more on facts and science is also based on faith more than you'd think. I thought that's kind of uh, surprising. So religion describes truths. Science describes facts. Like the truth of um, all people are created equal and in the image of God, you can't prove that scientifically, but yet it's part of our constitution. That's a faith statement. So the question is, technology does not make us evolve. It adds conveniences, but it doesn't make us evolve. What really makes humanity evolve? And obviously I'm gonna say religion does. Religion is supposed to help us mature as a species or the command in exodus to keep the sabbath to gather together with other people not by yourself it's so that we won't slip back into thinking like slaves in egypt the genesis command to worship that's actually so that we can become true human beings we're reminded of these stories over and over and over because it challenges us to evolve as a species like Samuel Johnson has this great quote where he said, we're required more often to be reminded than informed. That's what good stories do. They make us remember what we, what we need. That's what religion does. Religion believes in really continuous conversions that need to be reminded over and over again and challenged over and over and over again. So what, what, what I hear you saying, Father Lynn, is that uh, while religion has been around a long time, the Bible has been around a long time, and humans have been around a long time, that the things that humans respond to, the way that they behave, 
that doesn't change. Our emotions, our thoughts, our feelings, the, the things that we do, while we do them in different decades and different times and whatever, we respond and act in the same way over and over. And so these are timeless things uh, in the Bible and in religion, timeless in terms of how we should live our life, how, you know, how we can be peaceful, how we can be happy, how we can get through problems. All these things are timeless. That's what I hear you saying. Yes. Nothing new under the sun. But not only that, you said religion has been around for a long time. We would say religion has always been there. And this gets a little controversial. Well, that's a pretty it. long time, Father yeah. Lynn. Always from the beginning. <laughs> and you could say, well, that's just a faith statement. No, that's actually more of a science statement. A number of years ago, it's probably been about 15 to 20 years ago, this one neuro um, neuroscientist started to do these uh, really kind of interesting, these brain mapping, and he's not religious, but he put people under a, uh, a brain scanner and what parts of your brain lights up when you're praying? And he took 50 Franciscan nuns and they were praying the rosary and 50 Buddhist monks. And the title of his book after he was done was called Why God Won't Go Away. Now, it's not a religious book. It's a biology book. But his, his question is, well, why in every culture, in every known, every society has religion? Why is that? Is it like modern people like to think, well, it's just a matter of software programming. Uh, but his point is, and he's not making a religious point. He's making a point about the human brain. Religion is not software. We're hardwired for religion. That's why meditation so helps us biologically. People who regularly meditate, uh, meditation makes the software run better, but the hardware is designed for religion. So you have all these studies on meditation, how meditation rewires your brain to be better, more calm, more peaceful. So religion won't go away because the hardware is designed that way. And evolutionary-wise, religion united people to give together so that we have this evolutionary advantage. So even if you look at pale, uh, uh, paleontology, human beings always had religious practices. People who think that you can escape the evolutionary paradigm uh, that, and get rid of religion, they have nothing of the kind to back that up. Historically, Religion sometimes does get replaced by a philosophy. That's happened several times in history. But it always turns out extremely horrible. Give you us an example of that, where yeah, religion is... Re so um, take, for example, the French Revolution. The French Revolution was very anti-religious. They suppressed all religion, no masses. Nuns and priests were forced to give up. Right, And instead of worshiping at the altar of Christ, we will now worship at the altar of reason. So it's liberty and everything's going to be rational. And in a very quick amount of time, this revolution to being free from religion and being rational led to huge amounts of blood being shed in the streets. Yeah, we're, I think we're on, we're on the edge of that right now. Well, that was worse. So 
you know, you find this ridiculous propaganda that religion causes war, even though scientifically they've measured it out and studied history. Yes, religion has caused some war, but like Catholicism, Christianity, it's only 3%. 97% of all wars would have started even without Christianity. But uh, my point being is that historically, every experiment in atheism has led to massive slaughter, whether it's the French Revolution or Stalin's communism, where, I don't know, what, 40 to 60 million people were slaughtered. Yep. Or Mao Zedong, his experiment in atheism, 80 million people slaughtered. Or the Khmer Rouge. So you can always find up, invent some rationale why I need to get rid of these people. So we'd say, no, religion challenges just historically. Yeah, it's been, religion has been replaced by philosophy. It always turns out terrible. And in the end, like atheism, you can say, well, atheism's, uh will free us. But atheism is a faith system. Richard Dawkins talks and writes 400 pages on his belief system of atheism. So atheism is a belief system. Richard Dawkins just wants people to take on his religion. But in the end, um, if you get rid of religion, you just replace it with something else. You always end up worshiping something. In one sense, the world is not divided between those who worship and those who don't worship. Everyone worships, worships something. And there's this writer, a uh, tragic figure, David Foster Wallace. He was a writer, he was brilliant, but he wasn't religious. But he's the one who wrote that everybody ends up worshiping something. Everybody adores something. Everyone has something that gives their life meaning and worth. Everybody lets something capture their imagination, and that thing will control your life. If you worship money and things, then you'll never feel like you have enough. If you worship your body and beauty and sexual allure, in time, you'll be resentful because you're never beautiful enough and you'll feel ugly. As time goes on, and I have proof of this one, and aging starts to show, if that's where you put your faith, you'll die a million deaths. If you worship power, you will end up feeling threatened and afraid. Read any biography of a dictator. It's always kind of the same exact formula. You need ever more power to numb you against the fear of being afraid, of losing power. If you worship intellect, being seen as smart, you'll end up feeling stupid and like a fraud because you're always on the verge of being found out that you don't know everything. The most insidious thing is for people, it remains unconscious, but it's their true religion. They could say they have no religion. They're just unconscious about it. So if you think what David Foster Wallace was trying to say, religion is only outdated for those who are unconscious that they're really worshiping something. And like, and I know I'm a huge fan of Harry Potter, but in Harry Potter, um, J.K. Rowling's tried to explain this to children with the story of the mirror of Erisat. It's just desire spelled backwards. It's this mirror that if you look in the mirror, it'll show you the one thing you desire most. If I only had this one thing, finally I'll be loved and accepted. 
and looking into the mirror of Eriset, you become obsessed by it and it ruins your life. The point being is that whatever controls your life is what we really worship. And even in like the Hebrew, go ahead. No, so I'm just sitting here thinking that, um, so religion, good religion, and the Bible, um, I think what you're saying, it, it will help us understand if, because if, it, it tests our beliefs and tests our values and stuff, it will help us understand what we are worshiping if we really study it, if we think about it, yes. and help us understand what we should be worshiping. Um, is, is, is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. And even the Bible itself challenges religion, whether it's Stalin or the French revolution or Mao Zedong, you were never allowed to uh, question the regime. The Bible is different. The Bible itself sometimes mocks religion uh, or false religion. And so what I'm saying is that everybody worships something. People who say, well, it's outdated, I'm free from that. No, you're just unconscious that you're worshiping something else. You haven't freed yourself at all. And religion is trying to keep us to be staying free. When you say stay free, what, what does that mean? Stay free from what, Father Lynn? Okay, so that's a whole thing on freedom. But there's another writer, sorry, uh, Alex Huxley, who wrote Brave New World. And in it, it the citizens are given limitless amounts of sex and drugs to keep them slaves to the system. So the tyranny of a brave new world is when you get everything you want, people fall asleep and this evil government controls them. Um, when I say free, it means free and truly awakened. The brave new world analogy is that when people get everything they want, uh, and it's really a great book. It's how all those things are to distract us from really being conscious of what's going on. That's what I mean by being free. Gotcha. Um, or in the Bible, you have this strange thing of killing the golden calf. The golden calf story, it wasn't a rejection of God. That's too simplistic. The golden calf is not rejecting God. It was more replacing God with something that they could control and relate to as completely knowable. The God we worship is not one that we can look at. Rather, the God we worship shapes the way we look at everything. So in Exodus, God commands them that they have to kill the golden calf. The idol that often controls us is our own view of ourselves or others. And we're asked to sacrifice that for God. Everybody sacrifices for their God. Everybody worships something. Something gives them their life drive, whether it's money, power, or love. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. So, and, Father, Father Lynn, right. how, how would you summarize then uh, just quickly for those who have this resistance maybe to religion and the Bible and thinking that it's outdated or old-fashioned or whatever— how, how would you summarize how they should think about this? Try to get them interested in religion and the Bible in a, in a little short. Can, can you summarize that? Maybe, it, maybe it's too hard because you've well, given okay. us a lot so, of different stuff. Yeah. So I'd say one, like Koheleth, there's nothing new under the sun. People are always committing the same sins and the same virtues that get them out of their problems. Um, 
So Koheleth is right. People who say, well, I'm, I'm too evolved for religion. Uh, that just may be that you're not, that you're blinding yourself. And religion is supposed to critique our lives, challenge us. The problem with, as I said, the, the second point is history. Anybody who says that they're free from religion um, usually has adopted some philosophical system that doesn't really allow anything to challenge their life. Religion challenges us completely. The Bible challenges us. The third part you meant, well, freedom is another thing. Um, religion is supposed to free us. What people resist when they say the Bible is outdated is not the Bible. It's their interpretation of the Bible. Hmm. Um, so oftentimes, like, I'll just use a quick example. But you know, the Bible says, wives, be submissive to your husbands. Yes. Right? No, no, actually, that's not quite true. And it'll take too long to explain. But the word submissive does not mean subservient in Greek. And secondly, St. Paul turns around and uses it on men and says, husbands have to be subservient to wives. But all you hear is the interpretation that wives have got to be submissive. That's not what the Bible said. A lot of the things that people are really fighting and all over are really not the Bible. They're fighting over the interpretation of the Bible. So trying to sum it up, we'd say, well, no, um, those people say that they're beyond the Bible. I think like Brave New World, they just don't realize how they're worshiping something. And, uh, you know, that German writer uh, said, none are more hopeless than those who are enslaved, than those who falsely believe that they are free. Or Frederick Douglass these days, Frederick Douglass writes this great piece on when a slave becomes happy is when he's become thoughtless. Like if, as long as you don't reflect upon your life, um, then you'll buy into the system. Hmm. Religion is supposed to wake us up to the system. And those who say that, well, I'm beyond it. Well, let's look at the evidence of people in the past who said that they're beyond religion. The French Revolution, Stalin... It always runs amok. Religion encourages you to question yourself. It challenges you on tribalism and hate and all that other stuff. When humanity invents its own philosophy, its own golden calf, it always leads to self-destruction and a lack of freedom. Well, Father Lynn, I think you've made a really good case for religion and the Bible today. So... Um, unless you have something else to add, I, I think that's a good place for us to leave it. And um, do you, did you have anything else to add, Father Lynn? No, I'm just trying to think. But um, I, I do, maybe this, I don't know if this would confuse you, but um, there is a movie, okay, I saw the movie, I didn't read the book, Great Expectations. And it kind of plays out this idea that well, everybody has a God, except it's very subtle. So Mrs. Halverson, her idol, her God, is her hatred towards men. And Pip has made an idol of Stella. And Stella has made an idol never to give her heart away, so she remains independent, because that's exactly how Mrs. Halverson has raised her, to hate men. So I would say, well, uh, those people who are free from who say that they're outgrown from it. I love the movie Great Expectations because a lot of times they're just blinded to what is controlling them. Religion is supposed to give us insight to 
What are our idols? What are we worshiping? Yeah. Got it. Well, Father Lynn, um, I think uh, I, I really like where we went with this today, and uh, I hope our listeners do too. And if you do have a comment on our podcast or a question about faith, religion, and life, we'd love to hear from you. Just head over to our website. That's www.gshow.com, www.gshow.com. Click on the questions button. You can leave us a voicemail or send us an email or a text. And if you haven't already, please go to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, rate, and review the Wrestling with God show. It helps people discover us. We hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.